Welcome to California's Food Land, and I'm Robert Thompson, your host. And here's the other host of the program, Mr. Roscoe Schultz. <laughs> Soul Train. What's up, bro? I didn't know your last name until you told me today. Soleiman Soul Train. You yeah, you just, like, <laughs> roast, you just threw it out there. What little. origin uh, is that? Do you know? Uh, African. African. Yeah, oh, we're all wow. African though, so whatever. <laughs> it's nothing. Nothing special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Well, I'm excited, man, because we're here again to talk about another food joint oh, that yeah. is uh, kind of massive. Uh, massive. Yeah. Massive. Uh, they've got little colonies all over the planet. Dude, this is so. It, number one, this restaurant that we haven't named yet is the world's largest Chinese fast food chain, and it's the largest fa- family-owned fast food restaurant in the United States. Gee willikers. Yeah, which Holy. I had no idea. That is impressive. And we are talking about Panda, Panda Express. Express. Who would have thought? The embodiment of the American dream <laughs> in so many respects is Panda Express, and I am very excited about this episode. Yeah, because you wouldn't Very even. Excited. Some people wouldn't think twice about this. They'd be like, "Oh, it's Panda Express. It's Panda." But dude, we're gonna fill you in. There's there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot here. The history goes hard, thick, and deep. Yeah, kind of like that's like my butthole actually. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Hard, thick, and deep. Weird. Oh I man, think we should go see a doctor for that. Yeah, yeah. That's the viewership uh, just went. Ew. I mean, <laughs> hey, that was probably after all the food we we had. Yeah. You know? well, I, I do you eat Panda Express? I do. Okay. Orange chicken. I mean, that's the scientist made that. Yeah, yeah. It was um, actually a chef. Was it a chef? It was. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I actually know his name. Really? Yeah. We're gonna get there though. We haven't got there yet because before we get into that, we got to get into my favorite segment. Your favorite segment. A fast, fast food minute. Enjoy. This is fast food minute with Zach Hillman. Arby's might be known for somehow giving you diarrhea with cold cuts, but the chain also holds the record for the longest commercial ever aired. Clocking in at 13 hours, the spot took over Duluth, Minnesota airwaves in 2014, featuring an uninterrupted shot of a brisket being smoked. Even wilder, Francis Ford Coppola's director's cut runs 40 minutes longer and features a scene where the brisket gleefully sodomizes Marlon Brando to the doors break on through. The horror. The horror. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> you know what i just noticed what i have this little baby doll in here it's a little cutesy little baby doll yeah and it has a bald spot in the back it's got like a little monkey butt back here oh whoa it's kind of sad but we're not talking about monkey butts and we're not talking about bald spots we are talking about panda express the world's largest chinese fast food chain wow yeah man largest yeah dude and i i will be honest the last time I ate at Panda Express was at the Santa Rosa Mall in probably the year 2000. Really? Yes, I was just a little embryo floating wow. around and I ate Panda Express. And not that it was bad, but it was it was fine for what it, for what for what it was. Deep fried chicken nuggets essentially in a sweet orange sauce with some chow mein. I think that's exactly what I got. And um yeah, I just Never really ate Pan Express, so that's well. Just you lived, really- you grew up up north, and I feel like there's a lot of good Chinese food, right? Uh, I mean, kinda. I know New York is what they say; that's where the great Chinese food is. But you, San Francisco area, Bay Area. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like when people tell me like you got to go to this Chinese food restaurant for dim sum, or you got to go to this place for this, I'll go there, and it's 
to me, I'm just like, okay, well, it was good. Like, it's all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's certain places I will not go to. Yeah. I worked around the corner from a Chinese food restaurant, and I saw wh- there w- the dumpsters for my for my salon were right behind their back door, and what I would see in their kitchen and what they were doing in there was so gnarly that I never went back there ever again. And uh, so there's places I wouldn't. Yeah, were they making uh, come from? No, dude. Guy? They just they had a oh. fucking giant. There you go. <laughs> they had a giant, uh, like not box, but they had a giant bin of chicken, Uh chicken parts that were on the floor. And I just saw the dude just walk right over it. And there was a lot of dead rats that were in that alley too, which is typical for alleyways and for restaurants to have rats. But it was just too much of like a, when you see something like that, that's like this weird, egregious, gross thing of raw chicken on the ground with somebody stepping over it and there's dead rats around you. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't really help your appetite, but no. but when Pin talking, Express that's not, that's does Pin not Express do that. Is a different yeah. element, <laughs> yeah. different thing. They're that's a it, they they run a tight ship over there for a variety of reasons, which we're going to get into in the history segment of this podcast. But yeah, so my my experience with Panda Express is very minimal. I, I never eat there because you're like a teenager the last time you went. Dude. Yeah, and I worked. I actually worked right a, like four spots down. I worked for a couple of a few years at a shop. That was right next to the thousandth Panda Express location in Pasadena. Wow! So, but I never went there. But I got all kinds of weird stories about that location too. Oh, okay, cool. Because that location, because it's the thousandth location, yeah, and because it's located where it all started in Pasadena, yeah, that location is actually very special. But we'll get there. Okay. And so you you frequent Panda Express, right? I do. Yeah, there's a drive-through one in Pomona. That's okay. really convenient. Mm-hmm. And just the malls, the samples, the samples, you know, the, the, going to the mall as a teenager, there's always a band. Of, if I didn't have any money, I would definitely enjoy a orange chicken sample or a teriyaki chicken sample. But it was just, it's always been around growing up, going to malls. Yeah, to malls. Especially malls, especially. And I think that's what we were going to get into is they're kind of in more places than you would think oh, and dude. that you're conscious of. That's why they have such an impact. Well, around here especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a weird, there's a lot of weird stuff. Like Pan Express has gone through a multitude of changes in their short history. And they're the, still owned by their the family. Dude, the adaptability is why they're around. Like, it's insane. Dude, Peggy... Churing, I think C H E R N G, Churing. I think it's Churing. We're just say Peggy. Peggy from Panda Express is a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. She's a no. She is a genius. Did she work with like NASA or something? She's like brilliant. Like she's a fucking genius. Yeah. It was the the two the the couple that started Panda Express, Andrew and Peggy. With the combined their combined forces and what they what what Andrew wanted to do, and what she was capable of doing, is the reason why Panda Express is ran the way it is now. And I got a lot of stories about how they're ran and employee stories and all that stuff. But um, let's let's start breaking it down. Yeah, man. let's do it, dude. Because this is a good one. Yeah. And this to me, so we we started off this season of California's Foodland with. Grill them all, which yeah. is a Southern California absolute fucking rock star. Yeah. Um, and Panda Express, and they have only have one location. They have one brick and mortar. They started off as a food truck. Yeah. So we started off with Grill them all. This episode is Panda Express, which is the largest 
family owned fast food restaurant in the country. And so we're going from like two polar opposites in so many respects that were started right fucking here. And it's, it's, and I have just as much respect for Grilla Mall as I do Panda Express now, which yeah. is strange. I never, I never thought anything of Panda Express because I never went there. Yeah. But okay, so we're going to start off. So Pan, the Panda Inn was opened on June 8th, my birthday, 1973 by Andrew Churing. Churing? Hey, I have a funny, yeah. I have a funny historical uh, info. Let's hear it. So the so Andrew, right? Yes, the the, yeah, Andrew and Peggy are the are the couple. Andrew was working for his cousin at a restaurant and yep. hated it. He was making eight hundred dollars in Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, getting he worked seven days a week. Yep, was getting bossed around. Yep. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to start my own thing mm-hmm. and left. Yeah, because he I, thought he was going to work less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is probably not what happened. Because look at where they're at. That you don't get there without work. Um, right. So so yeah. yeah, I just remember I thought that that was cool because he was disgruntled and like, hey, screw this. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go my own way. So then he hired quote. his family to to work for him. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, um, it's probably did the same thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So the Panda Inn was opened on June eighth, nineteen seventy three, by Andrew with his father, who was a chef. Andrew's wife, Peggy, was finishing her degree uh, in Missouri, uh, so the restaurant was operated by the extended family. Andrew's wife went along to building missiles for the government while the family ran the restaurant. So she graduated and started building missiles for the government. She was building software in the in the 70s to build missiles for the government. Um Literal genius. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> um, Making your chicken, dude, and, like your noodles. Yeah, it's right. So incredible. But, it, you know, like it was fine. Like the, the restaurant, the Panda Inn was running super good. Um, Andrew was meticulous with the way he treated each customer. He wanted everybody to have a great experience and treated everybody like royalty. The business was running fantastic. They let them um, wear cowboy hats like I am right they now. They did, yeah, yeah, exactly. And helmets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, two years into running the restaurant, Peggy came on board as an accountant, t- leaving her job with the government. This was a hard decision for Peggy to 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 do. However, she was also raising their, canes. Yeah, exactly. Well, wink, wink. <laughs> um, she was raising their two daughters, mm. so it was easy. It was a it was easier to do the accounting for Panda, the Panda Inn, than it was to be. Raising the two daughters and, and working for yeah. the government. So uh, it was around this time that the brother of the UCLA football team, uh, Terry Donahue, uh, <laughs> the brother named Pat Donahue, he loved the restaurant. And Pat and Terry's other brother was building the Glendale Galleria. <sighs> and he knew that the Galleria was looking for more restaurants to put inside the food court. So he approached Andrew and Peggy about maybe opening up a quick service version of the Panda Inn at the Glendale Galleria. This is wild. I've been to the Glendale Galleria and yes. I would never think about a historical site. Being like there. that's a historical thing. That yeah, Panda the Glendale Galleria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so and wild. The, the Glendale Galleria, not to like, disparage the Glendale Galleria. No, it's, yeah. it's actually a, a it's nice, nice. It's a nice yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the Americana next door is, is yeah. even nicer. Um, so yeah, like the uh, Pat and Terry were big fans of Panda Express and we're like, yo, you guys got to come with my brother. And so um, they went for it. Um, they loved the idea. And so in late 1983, they opened up Panda Express. 
It was a huge hit, and two years later, they opened up their second location in the West Side Pavilion. So this started the trend of them opening up in malls. That's crazy. So they went from a restaurant to that. Two, yeah, they had two which restaurants. Which isn't easy. To adapt, no. to adapt like that is no. wild. No, and especially the way it, Chinese food is not easy to just... It's not like burgers. It's not like uh. tacos where it's like a few ingredients boom, 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 together. It's like there's multiple steps and different processes for each uh, each menu item. So yeah. it was not it was not an easy thing. You have to have worked for NASA to work at it, well, Panda. You know, yeah. But <laughs> so they opened up their second location at the Westside Pavilion and uh, Andrew started getting the idea, why don't we make this into the McDonald's of Chinese food? Um, at this point in time, uh, in the 80s, the early 80s, there was nothing. People were looking for more exotic options for fast food because you know it, Del Taco had been around for a while, Taco Bell had been around for a while, McDonald's isn't exotic at all. So Chinese food was definitely something that people were familiar with and were open to trying. Uh, it totally worked out. Um, so Peggy was doing all of their accounting. However, uh, Peggy was also. Uh, she adopted a lot of her computer skills into um, <laughs> she's not doing missiles anymore, but kind of like collecting data on what customers were ordering, what they weren't ordering. So all this data that she was running from the two restaurants were just like, it was great. She, she developed the system. She was, they were one of the first people that were using computers for their POS systems. So oh, wow. there wasn't really that that wasn't really happening until Panda Express kind of started doing it. And what that was telling Peggy was running all these numbers and she was able to figure out like what people wanted, what they didn't want, and then what she was doing was is anytime there would be a an ingredient they were running low on, the computer would immediately put an order in. So they never ran out of anything. See, without an analytical brain like that th it would just be stagnant and become long john silvers you know what i mean right. like it was immediate there was nobody had to worry about ordering anything because I mean, fuck you long john yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding i love you whoever do you, who, do you love yeah, long john uh, i don't know long john silvers is cool but uh, are they though uh i don't know i, I would probably get so. hepatitis if i had it right I, now yeah, but you know. uh but no so panda so she was doing crazy inventory like yeah hey was, what's not selling well, she, fucking no, it, access she, she didn't have to do it because she had implemented the system to be so able to there. recognize it all yeah it was right there clear as day the data just showed everything yep. um so she knew that andrew had this vision of going huge with panda express so she got to work building more software for the restaurants basically the first chain to use the computers like i said um it was tracking what was being ordered the ingredients blah blah, blah uh with hardly any competition and being able to make food ordering easy for the backup house Peggy set up Panda for success. Chinese food is harder to make. It's more expensive and more labor-intensive than burgers and tacos, like I said. Uh, so she made sure that, well, they made sure that they had to pay their staff fairly, and they cross-trained everybody to work each position so that way they could run an effective shop and, and they could basically, everyone was getting paid well, so you didn't have to worry about any of that shit. She's like, okay, cool. Which still to this day, like they, they pay their people really good i remember them advertising at the pasadena location the, the south thousands episode or the thousands the south thousand location they would advertise what they were paying for starting at panda and it was more than what my job was paying for people that were starting there wow. 
And I thought, my job, you have to have a license to do. You can just walk into Panda and get paid more and like significantly more than you could if you walked into my job, which you have to have a license. to. I, I thought that was fucking re- crazy. And I thought, man, like we're competing with Panda Express as far as like bringing people into this place as far to work with us. Um, okay. So in 1987, a chef working for Panda in Hawaii named Andrew Cow, K-A-O, developed their famous orange chicken. He used a cheaper dark meat cut. Uh, Andy breaded, deep fried, and developed a sweeter version of General Sh- General So's chicken to cater to more of the Hawaiian and American palate. So like ma- like an orangier, sweeter sauce. Um, it originally had a bone in it, but they took the bone out and it became <laughs> a hit immediately. Now Panda sells more than 90 million pounds of orange chicken each year. So, dude. It, it's weird to think of Panda Express without the orange chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the that's like the staple. That's to me. That's what you think of when you think of Panda Express. Yep. So was was anyone else doing orange chicken like that? Not really. So this no, what kind of it was a Panda chef that that made it up. Wow. So check this out. And five years later, they expanded ninety five more locations. So that was why they were able to expand so much. Uh, feeling the pressure to further their success and distance themselves from competition, they opened up a Japanese version of Panda Express called Hibachi-san. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so now they have more than 30 Hibachi-san restaurants located all over the United States. Um, I, that really didn't... They really don't have any competition. There's nobody else that's doing a... I mean, who would be the closest competition? To simultaneously do that many different types of restaurants and be successful? Or no, I don't like, know. like no, Chinese food. Or Chinese food. Yeah. What's that, what's that one? Yeah, what's the big ch- other There's Chinese that, food It's chain. not Chinese food. They're, oh, Yoshinoya's. Yoshinoya's. Which is like the only other, like, that's Japanese. Yeah, there's no like, but, there's no like China King, you know what I mean? No. There's like little local chains and that's it. Like there's no big massive chain. Nope, not like You're that. You're right. Yeah, not like you know where there's Burger King, Wendy's, and In and Out Burger, and all these other burger you know chains, and there's yeah. Taco Bell. Like I mean, I guess what's the what's the Mexican version? Taco Bell, Del Taco, Del Taco. There's a bunch, but, yeah, but still, yeah. But yeah, with with uh, Panda Express, there really is only Panda Express. Kind of lone wolves. Yeah, um, and there used to be others. I know they've tried. There's been mean? there's been tries oh. at other big chains, sure, and they don't last. No, yeah. No. Well, it's, I mean, think about it, like how do you compete with this company? Like, there's more to their company that we're going to get into. Right, as, yeah, because at this point, on. they're already at the mall. They're at the malls. They're, they're at the malls. They're, they're, they yeah. already have the yeah. Japanese almost 100 lo- locations at malls. Yeah. Wow. Um, so using the vast amounts of data that Peggy was collecting, they quickly realized that the mall was becoming an outdated shopping concept. So they could see the writing was on the mall. And that the, was then. The yeah. In, in 92, they realized <laughs> wow, this. Wow, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, you think about it. Like, I remember in 92, like, the, vi- the not the video game, but, like, the game Mall Madness was, like, making a big push. So, like, going to the mall in 92 was still a, a big thing. But yes. They realized even then. They were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, so in 19... In, uh, in 93, they opened up a standalone store near Barstow. Uh, which go figure why, why it's so funny how like Barstow and like all the, like Yakaipa and all these weird little places are kind of like the testing ground. I, yeah. I, like you, Del Taco was one of those places that were like, 
opening up weird <laughs> locations out there in the fucking Apple Valley. Yeah, it's you strange. Know, high desert shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we'll see if it works there because it's so cheap to build. Yeah. And I'm sure that all these places are so business friendly that you can do it without like fucking yourself out there. So they built their first standalone location in Barstow, California, which what else is from Barstow, California? Del Taco. Del Taco. Yeah. Uh, that was in 93. With the Barstow standalone location doing great, they, Im- they immediately began expanding their standalone stores. They would bring... So what they would do is, is they would bring the established crew from like Barstow and they would, they would have like a, they'd get, they'd get in like a few apartments and they'd have like the new crew and the, the, the established crew live together and they would kind of create this team atmosphere. Uh, so that way everybody kind of felt like they were a part of like what was, you know, happening. Wow. Like, yeah. And like, th- like more of like a family and a team and they would really like instill that in each, as each store opened up. Um, in 95, they opened up two airport locations, both in Denver. See, they, that's wild. That's totally different. Airports. Yeah. They're in which, airports. I mean, it's smart, though. So they, smart. They knew that, like, you know, McDonald's has locations there, Cinnabon. Yeah. So why the fuck not open up yeah. a couple, you know, locations? In, Denver, I think, was a newer airport or had just undergone a huge transformation. In the, when John in the Denver thing. crashed into exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, But he backflipped. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm sorry. It's fine. Sorry, John Denver and Long John Silver's uh, fans. Um, another thing they did, which, are which, the same. which is pretty interesting, okay. is that uh, in 95, they also opened up a location in inside of Vons in Arcadia. Dude, because the v- I have a Vons that has Panda Express. Yeah. Or what I did, yeah. yeah. That's it's a thing. It's because the Vons president was a big fan of Panda Express. Wow. So it's so weird that they have like Panda Expresses in Vons. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what Vons is, Vons is kind of like Safeway. It's like a bigger, like huge grocery, grocery chain. store. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking huge. Is it Kroger? No, it's Ralph's, right? It's something. I, yeah. I know it's, I know it's, I think it's Vons Safeway. It, they yeah, Safeway. Up yeah. 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 It's not Albertsons. That's like Lucky. Is it Safeway up north? Safeway's up north. Yeah. Oh, okay. we, there's no Vaughn's up north. Oh, okay. There's no Vaughn's and there's no Ralph's. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Um, then we'll save that for when we get to grocery stores in 2050. Scraping the bo- bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Man, um, when I step into a food yeah. for less. So a year later, they also opened up a location in Los Angeles, downtown LA's Grand Central Library. Oh, cool. That's where you read and get. You get Drugs. smart, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you get you get book smart and street smart. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, they opened up their first drive-through in Hesperia. So first drive-through, first drive-through. Yeah, Hesperia. Of wow. Course. Yeah, Hesperia. Yeah. yeah. Why are they testing it every desert? Yeah, it just seems like that seems to be the place for fast food chains to kind of experiment with weird stuff. Co- college towns too. It's like middle of nowhere or yeah. college spots. Yeah, you'll find like a weird first like, time at Chipotle. P- sure, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. and uh, Dixon and that was the first time I ever. Biology, the first sure, biology yeah. Fullerton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting though that they do that. Yeah, which they also that was one of the places I didn't touch on this earlier, but. They also did the same thing when they were doing their early expansions. They expanded over at, in UCLA. Oh. So I, I didn't mention that. Yeah, that's that, right. That UCLA. Happened. Oh, shit. Yeah, earlier. Uh, also, in 1998, they opened up a location in Anaheim at the Angel Stadium. Super cool. That was the first time they ventured into stadiums. Um, Just kind of anywhere you can have it. Dude, they've in, done in it. In 99, they opened up their first location in a theme park. I originally thought it was Knott's, but it wasn't. It's, oh, it's not Knott's? No, it was at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh, snap, so, But they dude. do have a location at Knott's. They do, yeah. yeah. 
Um, in 2006, they opened up uh, their first location in a military base at Edwards Air Force Base in Lancaster, uh, as well as their 888th restaurant in Sacramento. And uh, apparently 888 is, uh, is considered the luckiest number in Chinese culture. Uh, in 2008, they opened up their thousands location right where I all started in Pasadena. That was where I worked right next to. They also, that year in 2008, they hit $1 billion in sales. A billion dollars. Wow. Uh, in 2011, they go outside of the United States and open up a, a location in Mexico City. They now have locations in Guam, Puerto Rico, Canada, South Korea, Dubai, Guatemala, Japan, Germany, Mexico, El Salvador, the Philippines, and the UAE. Do they have any in China? They do not. No. That's got to be a trip, dude. Yeah, they, like but the these thing are. Is, they're, they're, they were both. They're not from. They're neither of them are from mainland China. They were one. I think that Taiwan maybe Taiwan and yeah. Hong Kong. So they both grew up in Hong Kong and, and Taiwan. Yeah, and Hong so, Kong was like British owned for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was British. Not that un, it's under a British, British rule, person. Yeah. yeah, not that it's like oh, I love me make kind of express. It's, I will. it's different. Like yeah, like people from mainland China like don't. There's like a, I don't quite know like the the different whole culturally, like, yeah, culturally yeah, like the yeah. pecking order of all that, but there's like weird animosity between like certain yeah, it's places, like so. someone in, in Texas talking about someone from California, California yeah. with all their beautiful you know yeah. place fuck to live. Them. I know fuck them with like their perfect weather and like the beach and like you yeah. know hot what? people. Yeah, they, they, yeah exactly. It's like, <laughs> fuck that shit, man. That place sucks. Yeah, my buddy Matt, it's funny you mentioned that because my buddy Matt, he moved from, he's originally from Texas, and he moved from Texas to, he lived in um, Illinois for a long time, but now he's back in Texas. He loves it. And he t- Texas is cool, dude. I do like Texas. He a took lot. a picture of a California license plate uh-huh. and, w- and said something on, they put this on social media, said something like, like, they're not even trying to fit in. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about it, and I thought, Every day when I get in my car, I see a different license plate from a different part of the United States, even in different co- from different countries, Canada, yeah, yeah. Mexico, um, and I could give a fuck less. Yeah, yeah. It's like people that live in California are from all over the place, and like when you think about what brings people here, it's like fuck yeah, dude. The, yeah, congratulations, you made it over here. Like that's awesome. Yeah, Whereas, we, like, we Texas, can't... like the, it's like why. Why would you want to keep like people move to Texas for specific reasons? So if you're moving to Texas from California, or you're moving from, yeah from California to Texas, you're moving there for either to dodge taxes, uh, or to be a maybe be Joe Rogan's best buddy, or um, Elon Musk. The, yeah, the or, thing or, or, over or there. like or you're trying like you know it's usually work related. Or, or like cost of living. Cost of living, yeah. So yeah. it's like, why wouldn't you good want... Good food. Or, Texas or like, does or have good politics food. as well. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of people like, are like, I got to get out of California to get away from the liberals. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool, where are you going to go? Uh, yeah. I'm going to Austin. I'm going yeah. outside of Austin because I can't stand these liberals anymore. Okay, cool. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like the people that go to Texas are normally people that, you know, want to dodge... California, I don't know. Yeah, we don't trip when it's like, hey, what's this Delaware guy doing here? It's like, yeah, dude, for sure. It's like, I would want to get out of Delaware, too. Yeah, dude, Um, uh, Joe Biden. But, you know, that's my own But speaking of Joe Biden, Panda Express has expanded. Okay, so in 2014, they they launched the Innovation Innovation Kitchen in Pasadena so they could explore new menu items, new decor, and new ways of serving the guests. They debuted an online ordering system and mobile app, making it possible to place orders with a touch of a button or a swipe of a screen. That was in 2014. In 2016, 
they introduced the world to a new utensil to eat food. Do you know what it's called? The butt machine? It, close. <laughs> it's called it? the chork. The chork. Yeah. Can you? Do you know what that would be? The chork. What um, would be the chork? Is it like a spoon that you attach to your your, close. your genitals yeah, and you it, just launch it, it actually up into it your is, mouth? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's called chorky. Yeah, exactly. Chorky. Yeah, chorky. Yeah, it is a... What it is, is it? chopsticks on one side and a fork on the other. Wow. So if you're like a casual guy, you still got the fork. It's a chopstick fork hybrid. And this is this is one thing that I think is fucking awesome about Panda Express. So, and they they are into this. They really are have tried so hard to unite both American and Chinese cultures. That's really what at the heart of their business, even down to their logo. Even down to their mascot, the panda. It's all about uniting America and China. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. They're you know what they mean by that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's really cool. Like the so I guess like the Richard Nixon went over to 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 China a long time ago and when he was president and he this he said like something about this I can't remember exactly what it is, but something about the panda being a symbol for great relations between China and the United States. And so they love that. And so they use that as their logo. Uh, in 2017, they opened up the Panda Innovation Kitchen in Pasadena with their daughter, Andrea. The idea for the Panda Innovation Kitchen is to experiment with new flavors. This location also has a tea bar so they can fuck around with making boba drinks as well as milkshakes. For example, they made the fortune cookie milkshake. And I know exactly where this location is. It's on York and it or not New York. It's on Lake in Pasadena. It's a cool little stretch, and that location is so trippy because it is like way different than all the other locations. And they still live in the Pasadena area. It's like the STEM academies they have at schools, like the robotics. Yeah, that's like a wing now at schools, like for the whiz kids. Yeah, but that's like a fast food totally. place. Well, they wow. have the Panda University too. But oh, um, damn, sign me up, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, is it in Texas? So yeah. Last year, uh, Panda Restaurant Group filed for a US, U.S. trademark application for the name Pandaverse for downloadable and virtual goods, namely food and beverages, to use in the virtual worlds. We, virtual, we literally sound like the enemy to those people, though, huh? Yeah. The, the They're, talking, yeah. <laughs> See what? The They're virtual, too excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> virtual food and beverage products, uh, are they filed a... The the filing marked an intention to expand the Panda Express band into the metaverse. Benjamin Franklin's crying right now. The okay, bathrooms sorry. Are, are amazing, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they're on the cutting so edge. They're, they're always innovating, and it's it's so it's I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. So there's a, obviously there's a lot that we left out about Panda. They do a lot of philanthropy work. Um, in a lot of respects, they are kind of like In and Out Burger, but on a way bigger scale. Ph they do philanthropy too. They do, yeah, they do. They if have you like, just have that much money, you're philanthropist. Well, they, uh, they give a lot of money away. Dude. Yeah, they really do. Um, they do you know cherry work. They treat their teams really well. They're always trying to innovate. They're adapting to whatever's happening in like, you know, their stores or whatever the eating trends of Americans are. I mean, 2014, they, they got an app going. That's pretty quick. Uh, Peggy, Andrew, and Andrea, are they're extremely involved and committed to making Panda Express and their communities a better place. They are hardcore. They treat their people. They want to everybody to succeed and grow uh, in their company. They, they, they're in it, dude. And I will say... 
from a from a person from from my own experiences that Andrea, the owner, the owner's daughter, Andrea would be at the Panda, the thousandth location in Pasadena, right down the street from where I worked. She would be at that location all the fucking time. And that location is not like anything crazy. It's just your run of the mill, line out the door Panda Express. Nothing, nothing crazy. She would be there constantly. Boots on the fucking floor, making it happen. So all the way from the top, you have the the family still involved in the operations of Panda Express, making it happen, making them the world's largest fast food Chinese restaurant and America's biggest family-owned fast food business. Dude, they're an anomaly. They're, they're, an the anom- they're, they're an anomaly because you think about it. I mean, think about Disney. Think about everything that is that is huge, right? McDonald's. It's all conglomerate. Yeah, but no one when the they still it's still a family business. They own the Panda Inn, the yeah. original restaurant yeah. still exists in Pasadena. The second location closed a while ago. They own the Panda Inn. They own Panda Express. They own thirty restaurants of Hibachi San, and they own a f- like a few franchises of Raising Canes. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's like they don't own Raising Canes. They just have a few franchises. Oh, they, I think they are taking over, dude. Yeah, I think they own them. In, in only <laughs> they're touching in, Raising Canes. Not they yeah. own they own uh, they own Texas now too. I just heard they're gonna they're gonna yeah, buy it dude. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. They they make like th- their sales are over three billion dollars a year. They have like forty thousand employees. I mean, they're like fucking. They do it the right way, though, man. Dude, Treating they do. people good. And like, when yeah. You, like I, I went and watched some interviews with Peggy and Andrew and Andrea, all three of them. I watched some interviews with them, and they are into it, man. Yeah. And like, all they want to do is like better the company, better the people they work with, better the communities, make their you know make it as efficient and awesome as they possibly can. Dude, I love. I have Panda Express literally twice a week. Do you really? I really like Panda Express. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, man, like, so where I worked, it was like this, it was a whole row of restaurants. So we had like, starting at one end, we had like, um, we had like a, like a, a pho place. We had a Viet, like, a, so we had a Vietnamese place. We had Teddy's Tacos, which is top notch. We had this, this place called Bun Bun Bao that had just opened up. We had Chipotle. We had Panda Express. We had Fat Burger, Wingstop, a a Japanese place called Kaiba that I would go there all the time. And then we had another place um, that was, uh, it was called, I can't even fucking remember the name of it. Dude, I went to that Panda. You, yeah, well, yeah, that I Panda, did. yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was the thousandth location. And then oh, we wow. had another place that was called, uh, it was called Cluck to Go. It was a Hainan chicken place, which I don't, if you guys have not had Hainan chicken, um, I highly recommend it. It is, it's just like, it's Chinese chicken. Anyway, so we had this whole, to quote uh, bare naked ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese, <laughs> Chinese chicken. Um, so yeah, we had this whole stretch of restaurants and because I had such good dining options between like, if I wanted something quick and easy and Mexican inspired, I would go to Chipotle. Teddy's tacos was, is, is top notch. I mean, honestly they're worth, they're, they're, they're worthy of a, a California's food land episode in, in themselves. Um, there was just so many options there that I would always pass by Panda. 
Dude, okay, so this is a big question. When are you going to finally go back? It's I been think, I think 20 it's time, years, man. dude. I really do think it's time. Yeah. I think it's time for me to have some of their orange chicken. The Angus beef, dude. You know? Angus, the Angus uh, beef? Yeah, the Shanghai Shang- Anus. Shanghai Shang- 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 yeah. Anus beef is so that sounds, good. That sounds, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, Anus, the Ava Divine Angus beef, yeah, dude. Right, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so I, I think it's time, man. I, I think I'm going to go back soon. Yeah, well, we got to go, man, like right now, dude. Props to Panda Express. I, I did not know much of any of their history at all, and now I am a huge fan of what they've been able to accomplish and, and where they're going. You know, yeah. I really do have a lot of faith. After watching interviews with Andrea, um, the owner's daughter, and seeing her car, I know what her car is, and seeing how much she was there at that location I mean, it speaks Dude, the, volumes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for how massive they are, and the fact that she's that dedicated is so crazy. Because you think when people, you know, when like you knew a friend that like their family owned a restaurant. Yeah. Remember how much they cared about it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing. nothing, like dude, and the fact yeah. that she's that dedicated, it gives mm-hmm. promise to the future of Panda yeah. Express. And one of my, um, so one of my clients, his name's Austin. His one of his best friends growing up. His mother, that best friend's mother, was the vice president of Panda for years. And they treated her like gold, he said. So wow. they're really good to their people. They're, there's, You can go online and see all kinds of success stories of all the people that Panda started. Like, you know, people that didn't speak English that started working at Panda Express and just were able to just further themselves and get further and further and further in that company. And that's good how... <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's no, sure. I, I I love that. That's beautiful and I'm yeah. glad they do that. And yeah. it's a great it's a testament to how great they are as people. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that there isn't more big like they choose to do the right thing. They do. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do. Like, and that's cool that they do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So dude, props to Panda Express. Yeah, man. Um, let's speaking of this orange drink, we Cal- should get some orange chicken soon, should, dude. Let's do it, man. Yeah. But, uh, and I, and that's this is another one. Normally, at this part of the podcast, we're going to read Yelp reviews. I don't necessarily feel like we should be reading Yelp reviews on Panda Express because they don't deserve any. I feel like save they don't, that for Frisco's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Save yeah. that for another joint. One hundred percent. I love you, Frisco's. Yeah. I love. I love you, Texas. I love you, John Denver. I love. I'm trying to yeah. do some uh, damage control. No, <laughs> but I do love all those places. Texas yeah. is fucking bomb. Food, uh, capital of the world. Panda Express, man. What a what a fucking place, dude. I also love people of all descent. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude. Thank you. Thanks for uh, reminding me of how delicious. Panda Express is, and I'm sure yeah. at this point they've shut it off and they're eating orange chicken right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, and who knows what's going to come with them too? I, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to innovate and change things up, and also stay true to their roots and and try to further bridging both Chinese and American cultures together. Yeah, dude. Well, on that note, in, in guy, guy we trust. trust.